Thank you for choosing to listen to the Emmaus Radio Ministry Podcast. Each of these messages were given by various faculty, staff, and friends of Emmaus Bible College. To view each series as a whole, or for more information about similar Emmaus ministries, please visit concerninghim.com. That's C-O-N-C-E-R-N-I-N-G-H-I-M.com. So far in our study of the life of the Apostle Paul, we've surveyed the early life of Saul uh, from his birth and time in Tarsus all the way up through his early life in the city of Jerusalem. And now uh, we are getting into the first time we see him mentioned by name in the book of Acts, and that's in Acts chapter 7. So today we're going to take a look at the events of the end of the stoning of Stephen and look at the first time we're introduced to Saul. Let's pray as we begin our study for today. Our Father in heaven, we ask that as we look into these verses that your spirit would uh, direct our hearts and our thinking and that our lives would be shaped and transformed as a result of what we hear and what we read from your word. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So to be able to understand what happens when we first meet Saul, we need to understand a little about how we get to this point in the book of Acts, in Acts chapter 7. So after the resurrection and then ascension of the Lord Jesus Christ, and we see that in Acts chapter 1, he commissions his disciples to be his emissaries, his missionaries, throughout, first of all, the city of Jerusalem, where they are to wait until the Spirit comes on them and empowers them, and that happens in Acts chapter 2 at the event that we call Pentecost. And after that, there'll be his witnesses in Jerusalem and then to the broader regions of Judea and Samaria, the regions right around uh, the land, within the land of Israel. And then there'll be his witnesses beyond uh, Judea and Samaria, beyond the land of Israel properly, even to the ends of the earth. And so that gives us something of a brief outline of the book of Acts. We see the apostles and disciples of Jesus operating first in the early chapters of the book of Acts within the city of Jerusalem. And then the gospel of Jesus expands beyond Jerusalem to Judea, which we would expect there are Jews who are living in Judea who need to hear about their Messiah. But what we don't necessarily expect is that it would expand to the northern region of Samaria. There was a lot of bad blood between the Jews and Samaritans of that day. And so it's a little surprising to us. And then beyond Judea and Samaria, we see it extending to uh, some Gentiles in Acts chapter 10 uh, and 11. And beyond that, through the ministry of Paul, we will see the gospel of Jesus Christ going beyond the land of Israel into Asia Minor and then to Greece and then all the way as far as Italy with the city of Rome. So Stephen finds his place in this story in that he's been chosen by the apostles during their early ministry in the city of Jerusalem, uh, perhaps as one of the first deacons 
in Acts chapter 6. You may recall the, the situation uh, that's taking place there. There are uh, people who are in need of assistance, and the apostles want to continue ministering the word, teaching and preaching from the scriptures and from the teaching of Jesus. And so they appoint uh, trustworthy men who are able and capable to help lead and help work with the church in Jerusalem. Stephen is one of these individuals, but it becomes clear very quickly that Stephen is uh, empowered by the Spirit of God to do miraculous things. We read about in Acts chapter 6, Stephen doing signs and wonders among the people. Uh, verses 8 through 10 of chapter 6 tell us that he has great wisdom and he's full of the Holy Spirit. The Jews, as a result of this and some of the, the signs and wonders that he's performing, begin to spread slanderous lies about him. And then eventually they, they seize him and bring him before the council. This is the Jewish Sanhedrin. Uh, it's made up of uh, Jewish leaders of the day, the religious leaders of the people of Israel. The Sanhedrin typically would meet in one of the upper courts around the outskirts of the temple area. And so this is where they bring Stephen and they bring false witnesses against him uh, in chapter 6 and verses 13 through 15 that say things that are not true about Stephen and about what he's done and what he's doing. He's ministering on behalf of the Lord Jesus Christ. The signs and wonders that he was performing, and these are miraculous signs and wonders, were meant to verify the message that he was proclaiming. And that was the good news about Jesus, that Jesus was the Son of God, the Messiah of Israel, who had come to free his people in an ultimate sense from their slavery to sin. So these false witnesses are coming against Stephen and accusing him of saying false things about the God of Israel when really he is proclaiming uh, the truth about the God of Israel and his plan through the sending of his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, in Acts chapter 7, Stephen has an opportunity to then turn around and address this Jewish ruling council, the Sanhedrin. And as he makes his speech, his sermon before the Sanhedrin, uh, he recounts the history of Israel. So he begins by trying to find some common ground with these individuals. But the specific focus that he has is showing how the ancient Israelites had often and consistently rejected the Lord's messengers to them. In verses 9 through 16 of chapter 7, he focuses in on Joseph and the way that Joseph was at first rejected by his brothers. But eventually, God, uh, although there was something that his brothers meant for evil toward him, God worked through those very circumstances to bring about good in his life and blessing for others as a result of Joseph's rejection. Uh, in the next set of verses, Moses is rejected by his 
brothers, fellow Hebrews. You remember the early life of Moses. He goes out and he sees an Egyptian beating uh, one of his fellow countrymen, a, a Hebrew, and he uh, stands up for the Hebrew, so much so that he ends up killing the Egyptian uh, in uh, resistance to this oppression. Well, instead of welcoming him as their deliverer, uh, the next event that we have in the book of Exodus is Moses uh, going out and seeing two of his fellow Hebrews fighting with one another. He tries to mediate between them, and their response to him is uh, very snarky. What are you going to do? Are you going to kill us like you killed the Egyptian? So they reject Moses's leadership, and he flees into Midian for some time. Now, ultimately, we know that God works through Moses. He calls him back to the land of Egypt and, and through him is able to deliver the people of Israel from their oppression in Egypt. But uh, Stephan is focusing in on here, first Joseph's rejection, then Moses' rejection. Uh, then he turns in verses 39 through 43 of Acts chapter 7 to look in on the fact that the people throughout the period of uh, the kingship of Israel rejected their Lord for idols. Although the Lord had done such great and wonderful and powerful things on them, bringing them up out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery, putting them into a good land, a land flowing with milk and honey. We read that over and over again uh, throughout the word of God. Although the Lord did all of these things for his people, the people turned and worshipped other false gods, other idols, gods that are really not gods at all. And so the, the point of Stephen's speech is to focus in on how God was gracious toward his people. He sent deliverers, he sent helpers, he sent rescuers, and these people constantly and consistently rejected uh, these individuals. So this was in spite of having God actually dwell in and among them through the tabernacle at first and then later through his presence in the temple. Now, the final words of Stephen's speech were a direct rebuke to the Jewish leaders for their rejection of Jesus. Stephen says they were following in the bad habits and the path of their ancestors in rejecting the one God had sent to them. I want to read chapter 7 and verses 51 through 53. Notice Stephen's tone as he speaks this. You stiff-necked people uncircumcised in heart and ears. You always resist the Holy Spirit. As your fathers did, so do you. Which of the prophets did your fathers not persecute? And they killed those who announced beforehand the coming of the righteous one, whom you have now betrayed and murdered. You who received the law as delivered by angels and did not keep it. So, Stephen is uh, addressing them very directly, rebuking them. They're following the bad habits that all of the ancient Israelites had followed in rejecting the people that God had sent to them. And ultimately now they have rejected God's son, the Messiah, 
and put him to death. Notice again what we read in uh, verse 52. They killed those who announced beforehand the coming of the righteous one, whom you have now betrayed and murdered. So he directly accuses the Jewish leaders of his day as being guilty of the shed blood of Jesus. It was on their hands, so to speak. Well, what was the response to this speech? In verse 54, we see that the Jews are enraged. It says, now when they heard these things, they were enraged and they ground their teeth at him. They were furious with what he was saying. He was accusing them of not following the commands of God and uh, crucifying, putting to death the Messiah that God had sent. But Stephen is bold and courageous in verses 55 and 56. He's at peace. So the crowd assaults him in verses 57 and 58. They drag him out of the city and they stone him. And while they're doing this in verse 58, we see Saul introduced for the first time. It says, uh, they cast him, this is verse 58, they cast him out of the city and stoned him, and the witnesses laid down their garments at the feet of a young man named Saul. And as they were stoning Stephen, he called out, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. And falling to his knees, he cried out with a loud voice, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. And when he had said this, he fell asleep. Saul is standing there holding the garments of these individuals. Now, this, is pro this probably demonstrates uh, uh, several things. First of all, he's agreeing with their uh, judgment upon Stephen. If he were not in agreement, he would not have been holding their cloaks, holding their garments while this was taking place. So he is standing there testifying to the fact that he believes Stephen to be blaspheming against God, saying false things about the God of Israel. He's holding on to their garments. Stephen pleads for his heavenly reception and for his murderers. And then he closes his eyes, becoming the first Christian martyr. Now, in the second uh, part of this, in chapter 8 and verses 1 through 3, we see Saul approving of Stephen's execution, and as a great persecution arises in Judea and Samaria, it is Saul, in verse 3, who is ravaging, literally the word there means destroying the church, and entering house, house after house he dragged off men and women and committed them to prison. This gives us a picture of Saul's early life as a devout Pharisee. He wants to stop any spread of the good news of Jesus. Now, next time we'll see what God did about Saul. Thank you for listening to the Emmaus Radio Ministry Podcast. This ministry is possible because of the generous contributions from our partners around the world. For more information about partnering with us, please visit emmaus.edu slash